from the gun again on first down. Fires wide. Juan Daniels, touchdown Georgia. This is your favorite receiver, Juan Daniels. And you're listening to the DGD podcast with my man, Robert Reynolds. Go dogs. Welcome to the DGD podcast, part of the On Top Sports Network, and brought to you by our friends over at La Terrain Watches. Uh, great watches, excellent quality. Uh, it's not going to break the bank. Use code DGD at checkout uh, for 10% off your purchase. You can check them out at LaTerrain.com. That is La-Terrain, T-O-U-R-A-I-N-E.com. Check them out. Let them know DGD sent you by using the code and get 10% off your purchase. Juan, we are joined by KGG, Caleb. Welcome, sir. Uh, hey, I'm thank gonna, you for having me. Hey, look, guys, I'm just going to let y'all know now. It's going to be juicy, right? Friday was juicy as hell, right? Previewing the cocktail party. Georgia did what we thought they would do, and we're going to talk about that. But Dopey Dan from the Gainesville clan did not just give us a, a beat down Saturday. We beat them down. But he beat himself down Monday, and we're going to talk about that in just a little bit because right now it is all sorts of fucked up in Gainesville, and I'm loving it. I'm absolutely <laughs> loving it. Caleb, we'll start with you first, my man. What were your uh, overall thoughts, uh, takeaways from the game Saturday? Well, one takeaway is I didn't like the way we started offensively. We looked a little out of sorts like we left our offense in Athens, but once again the defense steps up. Takes us where we need to be, and uh, I really thought Florida was outmatched. There's no, really no other way to put it. Juan, what say you, sir? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm the same way. Um, you, you know, I, I didn't love how we started out. We didn't just come out there with that that offense, offensive firepower that we normally are. Like the, you know, I guess you kind of get spoiled with that 35 to nothing over Vanderbilt, where you, as you sit there and we punish teams in the first half, and then just kind of kind of coast, you know, a little bit in the second half, and that wasn't the case. Um, but, you know, thankfully our defense stepped up and, of course, did, you know, what, what, what they do. No doubt about it. Uh, we're going to read a comment from the brigade here. Uh, Patrick Oliver mentions you out, Juan. Uh, he said he messed us up on their on your predictions, so he's carrying it over to this weekend, 63-3. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so obviously, we, you know, obviously it wasn't a 63-3 win. Uh, you know, look, they only scored seven. And it was kind of garbage time at that point. But, um, you know, my takeaway is this. Uh, first quarter, our offense, our, at least our interior, in my opinion, got our asses whipped. Um, obviously, I think we were able to out-depth them. Uh, and honestly, if had it not been for the flurry of turnovers and, you know, momentum uh, swing, right, I think that was about as big as a momentum swing as you're going to ever see uh, this <laughs> season, at least, you know. It's crazy to think, you know, you get a takeaway and then immediately uh, the next play, boom, touchdown. And then the, kind of the same thing, right? Two plays later, pick, next next play, touchdown. Like, to me, I, I know we had a struggle. We struggled in the first quarter. But I, to me, though, look, I, I think, you know, looking in that momentum right there, I think that was a brilliant thing to see because what that tells me is the offense can capitalize in me almost immediately. Um, we have the uh, capacity to do so. Now let's see if it can uh, if it's sustainable, and then obviously defense came to play, right? Uh, Ar Ar fifteen got the start, 
didn't really see much out of them. I know they kind of did – they uh, they outgained us by one yard, so I'm sure Dan Mullen probably mentions that at some point uh, <laughs> when talking about the dogs. Uh, but, you know, for the most part, you know, a lot of that was kind of in the third quarter when the game was really over. I, I know you all probably saw the video. Nakobe Dean was pissed the hell off, gave up seven points. Uh, and I like that mentality. I actually don't like it. I love that mentality because that means they're interested – and that just tells me that they're, they understand what's at stake. And I think that's what, why they're focused, they're laser focused at that, on winning a championship. Agreed. I mean, for, for, for sure. Um, you know, and then of course you're going to be disappointed. Florida did do a couple of things to move the ball. But, um, you know, at, at the end of the day, our, our defense showed up. Um, and, and then they bowed their necks when they had to do. I mean, again, you're, you're looking at a Florida team that scored – you know, 32, you know, points or 30, you know, 30 something points on Alabama, you know, they scored 30 something points on LSU and they've, you know, you know, consistently scored a lot of points. They're a high scoring team. And yet they come, you know, and, and, and just barely get a seven points. And like you said, it's garbage time. So yeah, you're, you're going to be upset with that. You know, if, if you're Dean, however, if you're looking at it, you know, from, from our vantage point, you know, that, that was a beat down. Oh, it was, I mean, completely. Um, Caleb, I, I don't think you've been on since we did this, but we're going to go in into our section, or, or actually it's not section, but a segment, uh, and that segment is game balls, where we give out our game ball uh, for each person's going to give out a game ball uh, for the game this weekend. With that being said, since you're our host, or since you're our guest, well, I'm all over the place today, guys. Since you're the ho- uh, guest, God almighty, I'll let you go first. Give us a game ball. Who are you giving a game ball to, my man? Nolan Smith. Smith, he was the one that got it stood and kept it going. He had a forced fumble, an interception. And I'm going to tell you something. I think the most um, – the biggest thing that really surprised me, AR-15 is a big, strong boy, and he just yanked that ball from his arm. So, uh, yeah, Nolan Smith gets my game ball. Juan, would you like to – who who are you giving your game ball to? I, I'm I'm going to give it to Dean. I mean, Dean did a did a great job. I mean, he's just a you – know, he's just a monster. But that, that pick six was awesome, man. That, that pick six – yeah, I almost kind of believe that if you had 15 to 20 guys in front of him, he probably would have ran all the way through him. He was that geeked up and that, you know, just jacked to get to the end zone and, and, and make a big-time play um, for, for George. And he's just been very consistent, you know, throughout the year. I hate y'all so much. Y'all took both, <laughs> y'all took both of them. This is what happens when you wait till the end. To be – to, to t- sit here and, and try to give it somebody new, it's so easy to give – you know, either Nakobe or uh, Nolan Smith, uh, the game ball. But if I had to choose, I'm going to go a little bit different here. I'm going to go Zamir White. Zamir White, I wish he would have ran uh, – I wish we would have ran a lot more and gave him the ball more because he was gashing that defense for everything that it was worth, um, especially on the counterplays. It was a different variation of it. But he was gashing – he was gashing that defense all over. And to me – you know, you look at what LSU had done prior to their bye week and heading up into this game. You know, the fact that they didn't even – I don't know if it was a coaching thing or what, which I – I mean, we'll talk about this a little bit more. Look, I'm just telling you right now, they are not disciplined, and Zamir took full advantage of it, especially with that 42-yarder uh, at the end, um, you know, to really put it away, right? I, obviously, it was put away before, but, you know, just putting the nail in the coffin for damn sure with that 42-yard run off the counterplay. So, 
you know, as much as I want to give Nolan Smith or Kobe Dean, I, if I had three, I'd give them all three. Trust me. I'm going to stick with Zamir White on, and kind of go revert to the offensive side of the ball. But let's be honest here. You know, Caleb, you mentioned Nolan Smith. This was a transcendent game for him as a bull, uh, as a dog. Um, you know, everybody coming out of high school, number one overall recruit. And this is exactly why this type, like the type of plays that he made shows you exactly why he was, you know, the potential to be a number one overall. You saw that on full display. I mean, I've literally, literally took my man's lunch money. took you know, <laughs> took the ball away, right? Pick, right? Um, wreaking havoc in the backfield. You know, but somebody that really went under uh, underestimated here, Trayvon Walker. Just think about that tipped interception. 6'6", 300 pounds, and you're back in coverage. <laughs> like, that's, that's, that's fucking absurd. It really is absurd. And I, look, I love it. I'm all for that. But how do, how do you go against that if you look at a defense and you have that guy dropping back into coverage? N'Kobe Dean on his pick six was a damn cornerback. What do you do? <laughs> like, to me, that's a slap in the face of any offensive uh, coordinator because our defense looks at you and like, oh, it doesn't matter who you play, nothing like that. Oh yeah, that th those dog blitzes. That that's you know that's what they're designed to do. They're designed to, you know, you're you're faking like you're coming up, and then you drop these big guys in in into pass coverage. You know, they're they're not designed to pick balls off, but they are designed to get their hands up or, or be, you know just become a big presence. So when you're throwing in that zone, you know that zone window actually shrinks. So um, you know, just a great just a great defensive scheme, great thing that you know that that they do, and you fool. You know, you'll, you'll fool a lot of quarterbacks who are not expecting something like that. Yeah, I think the no, scary right. thing is, too, N'Kobe Dean was guarding two players on that interception, man. The, the, the dude that he threw the ball to, N'Kobe Dean, wasn't even guarding. He undercut it. So that was that was probably the second most impressive play to me. But Nolan Smith, Ren AR was my favorite. I don't like AR. I don't like none of them bombs over <laughs> in Gainesville. So. Look, man, I'm telling you right now. Uh, you know, Patrick Oliver mentions honorable mention to uh, T. Walker, uh, referencing Trayvon. Yeah, Trayvon had a Trayvon had a really good game, and let's be honest, the defense overall had a really good game. Uh, I know there was a couple plays where uh, Pierce uh, ended up, you know, busting free for a little bit, you know, but we played a really sound game. Uh, you know, looking at it, we didn't really give up any penalties on defense, which was impressive to me. Uh, that that tells you you're playing sound, disciplined ball on that side of the ball. I mean, we knew we're playing elite ball. But, you know, discipline and not regarding having, you know. But I think a lot of that, too, is pressuring a, uh, Anthony Richardson into not being able to throw downfield and, and force the, the secondary to try to react and not, you know, draw flags and stuff. But but that's just a testament to that front seven and and the guys on this defense. And, you know, look, Dan, you know, Dopey, look, Dopey Dan chose the wrong time to bring out a freshman, a, a true, legit fresh uh, quarterback as your first start. You could not have set my man out to dry any worse, <laughs> any yeah. worse. Put him out that, in the that, fire. That defense is they, – they are bad to the bone, man. They are yeah, – that, that, that is a nightmare for even your more veteran guys. But to, to, to put, a, put a freshman out there, you know, that, that's, <laughs> that, that, that's a tough deal. That's a tough deal. It honestly didn't matter because as soon as they brought in Emory Jones, the same shit happened. So, to me, I look at it as it doesn't matter who Florida played at quarterback. You were going to get your ass beat, and Georgia did that. So, yeah, it's kind of what we expected, right? I, th I think, you know, I don't know if I don't know if we expected one. I know uh, Friday we didn't expect 
our offense to kind of come out the gate struggling a little bit and, and look kind of, you know, sloppy or whatever for the first quarter. Um, you know, but I mean, obviously once, once the, once the momentum swung, right. And obviously we came out with three and the next, you know, it turns to 10 and before halftime you're sitting there and you're like, Holy shit, it's 27, nothing or 24, nothing. Sorry. It's like, okay. So, you know, this game's over. It doesn't matter. Um, so, you know, it's just interesting, but, uh, let's see here. Reverting over to the brigade, see what they've got to say. Uh, G Bama boy comes in and says, I don't, if it's JT been absent, but UGA struggled on offense in the first half against Auburn, Kentucky, and Florida. Um, you know, I definitely think Florida, Bama, I, I think to me, and I think it was our interior offensive line was struggling, um, just getting beat up front. Uh, you know, look, Florida, Florida is a average team. They're legitimately four and four. However, you look at guys like Zachary Carter, uh, Javon Dexter, they're not they're not scrubs. We, we can call them scrubs, but they're, they actually have some talent. Uh, but they just don't have the depth, and, and that's a testament to Dopey Dan's recruiting. He uh, it apparently isn't recruiting season to him. We'll talk about that later. Um, but anyways, but, yeah, no, you look at in the uh, struggle on offense, to me, I, I think it's just a matter of, you know, we have to get better, um, you know, whether it's JT or Stetson. You know, both of us. You know, both quarterbacks can can lead the uh, the offense to success and the lead the team to wins. Uh, obviously, I think you look at it as the defense carrying the team right now. But nonetheless, you know, one thing that I love about Stetson Bennett right now is he's not turning the ball over. However, the, the Florida game was the game, and I, I think to have that kind of output, right? Two picks, terrible throws. However, I heard it was very windy there too, so I don't know how much that played in. But as a quarterback, you have to change your trajectory, your launch angles, things like that too. And really looking at that right there, you're not going. You shouldn't throw into double coverage if you have the chance. You know what I mean? I'd rather you throw it away and try it again next down because they can't stop anything any fucking way. Um, yeah. But yeah, you know, I, I think with JT here, you know, obviously didn't see JT whatsoever. I really think. You know, moving forward, this is where we're going to see JT because we saw Stetson. Three turnovers is not going to cut it. I'm sorry. We should not have turned the ball over three times and two of them were picks. Yeah. Uh, obviously, McIntosh fumbled, but nonetheless, two picks by Stetson. It's, it's just doing too much. You know, you're, 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 you're doing too much. I mean, you just think about going back into the days of Alabama. You know, you're not going to ask Greg McElroy to make those long, those long throws. You're going to make, you know, ask him, Hey, do the check downs, do the intermediate throws. Let's not get greedy. Let's just do what we're supposed to do. And then, you know, and, and then just make those plays. And so, you know, until he understands that he's that caliber of quarterback, he's not going to be your Matthew Stafford, or he's not going to be that gunslinger that you may have in JT. So, you know, it, it's more along the lines of just kind of know your role, even if that's a called play, you know what, go to your check downs, man. And, and it's just about, you know, Hey, protecting the football because, you know, in, in a in a bad situation, if you're putting your defense in bad situations or having them out on the field for a long time, sometimes, unfortunately, they break. Um, and so that's, you know, that's just something that we don't want to get ourselves into. Uh, I think my man froze. Yeah, I thought it was just me. My Internet's been bad, but I was going to. While he's froze, I was going to say something about what G-Baby said. He said, I don't know if it's JT's absence, but UJ struggled. You know, like he like he said, number one, yeah, we struggled against Florida a lot, but in all, in the Auburn and Kentucky game, we didn't have the ball a lot in the first half. They really 
honestly drove the ball a little bit on us. So I think that's a little misleading, but um, I get what you're saying. But I, I think JT's got to be the man, too. And I know a lot of people like Stetson's uh, running ability, but um, JT just gets the ball out so much quicker that he don't really have to escape the pocket. So that's that's really why I would edge out JT over Stetson. But y'all y'all gotta y'all gotta give Stetson a break, man. He's done a great job filling in for the man. Absolutely, guys. Sorry about that. The internet connection must be uh seems like it must be from Gainesville or something. I don't know. It's just complete shit. Um, anyways. <laughs> I look over here at the brigade, and obviously, positively, Ole Miss says that Florida has been lapped by Georgia, and I cannot agree more. Also, mentions JT has to be the guy. Again, cannot agree more. With that being said, though, I do want to make an kind of a announcement for the brigade and for everybody listening and watching, uh, more so for people watching. Uh, something really cool that we're doing as a part of the uh, On Top Sports Network uh, is we're basically allowing uh, other channels, multiple channels for that matter, uh, which obviously positively Ole Miss is uh, actually on his own uh, YouTube channel right now uh, with this watching this right here on his. So that's something that you'll see uh, as well from this show, along with positively Ole Miss and several others. Uh, you'll start to see more shows on the channels um, and it's part of building our network up. So just wanted to call that out, let everybody know. Uh, obviously, thanks, um, Stephen, for the opportunity uh, both ways on that right there. Uh, but also, it looks like Jay Shipes is calling out G Bama. G Bama, what say you, buddy? Look, I love, <laughs> I love some, I love some banter right now. I love it. Ooh, yeah, man. I, I tell man. you what, Bama's got their work cut out for them. And, and uh, that Auburn game, that Iron Bowl is going to be, it's going to be very important, and it's going to be whoever's going to come out um, and, and 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 play the best. You know, I mean, I, I think Auburn is they're improving. And, and Alabama, they just – I don't know. There's just something about them. They're either hit or miss. Um, they're, they're not the, the the Alabama of old. They're not as scary as they used to be. Um, and, and, and I tell you what, either way, um, I, I believe if, if, if Auburn wins, we're going to smoke Auburn. If, if Alabama wins, which is what I hope, you know, I, I really, really, really want to have an opportunity to, to put the smack down on Nick Saban, the smack down that he deserves. To You know, one of those ones where – you know, you look up on the screen at the end of the game and like this is Nick Saban's worst suffered loss, you know, that he's had, you know, in, in, in his coaching career. I, I think we can say this with mutual respect for Alabama as what they've done with Nick Saban there as a program. By all means, look, at least for me, I'll speak for myself. Juan, I'll let you speak on your own behalf. But look, I respect Bama, but I do think that I've seen cracks. Um, and I think Georgia has the potential to beat them this year if they make it to uh, if they make it to Atlanta, which, look, Georgia can say that right now. Uh, you know, Bama still has a ways to go. Uh, right now that West is wide open. It could go a multi, it could go a plethora of ways right now. You know, Bama has, still has to take care of business against uh, Auburn. But Auburn controls their own destiny as well. And that, to me, is interesting uh, because, you know, at this point leading up prior to the season, I think we were all under the assumption that it was going to be Georgia-Bama. Uh, it still could be Georgia-Bama. Uh, but it's not settled in stone just yet. Uh, you know, Auburn with, with Harson there as first-year head coach, look, he's doing a great job for what it's worth, in my opinion. Uh, and you could say the same thing with uh, with Josh Heupel in uh, Tennessee, which we'll see in a couple weeks. Uh, you know, looking at that right there, I, I think, you know, the SEC, the coaching hires that they made 
Um, surprisingly, I think Tennessee and uh, Auburn so far have gotten it right. Uh, you know, Tennessee might be a, a crazy, a crazy idea here. You know, this might be one of the last games to where you see anybody challenge Georgia offensively. Or, you know, I mean, like from an offensive standpoint, could because they can score and they run the ball and they are tempo. So it's going to be interesting. Look, I still think Georgia manhandles Tennessee. Sorry, Vol fans. I don't care what you think. Georgia's going to whip that ass. But I'm just saying, I, I, I think they can move the ball on Georgia. We'll have to see what happens. Um, you know, so obviously, you know, moving on from Florida for, for the moment, you know, looking at the remaining schedule here, which obviously we'll go through in the coming weeks, uh, talking about these things right here. But you look at Missouri this coming up week, and we're going to go ahead and do a, kind of a, a, a preview uh, for Missouri because obviously tomorrow is our Veterans Day special, uh, and I want to talk more broad uh, than just a Missouri game pre- or a preview. So you're looking at Missouri. Missouri is terrible, and they made me look stupid because pre- previously, prior to the season, I had them finishing third. I don't see that, and I don't even see them even coming relatively close. They 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 are sixth until the, for at least for the foreseeable future. So thanks Missouri for making me look like a dumbass. I'm just gonna let you know that now. Uh, you know, obviously, look, they also cannot stop the run, and that right there is terrible news. Uh, running against, obviously, I think we're gonna run all over them, and and it's gonna be a terrible game for them. What say you, Caleb? Well, they made me look dumber because I picked them to finish second, honestly. So I don't like Missouri right now, but I honestly don't even like the Missouri-Georgia game. It's always just a lull, and sometimes we even play bad against them. They put up some points here and there. It ticks me off. Um, thank you, buddy. It ticks me off, but um, I don't know, man. I, I think that this year it's going to be ugly. We'll probably beat them like 75 to nothing and go about our business. <laughs> my brother brought me my caffeine, man. Big shout-outs to him. <laughs> Got to have my I'm caffeine. Sorry. I tell you right now, Juan. I hope you're prepared because I'm bringing something on tomorrow that most only people from the, that have been on a deployment or in the military might know about it. It's caffeine. I'm just gonna leave it there. But I'm oh, telling you right now, he's actually the reason I'm addicted to caffeine. He was a marine, and uh, yeah, he, he's like, "Hey, man, try this." Now I'm hooked. I drink caffeine every day. I have a problem. <laughs> See what's, yeah, look, give me the give me the black rifle coffee. I love my black rifle coffee, but also. I, I'm not going to spoil what I'm bringing on tomorrow, but if you're if you look if you're military and you listen into this, you might know what I'm talking about. Especially if you've deployed, I promise you'll know at that point. Not going to spoil it, but I'm telling you right now, it is like pure cocaine in a can. So I'm going to say, um, <laughs> you'll know. But anyways, look enough about the enough about tomorrow. Let's focus right now. Missouri opens up. Thir- I think Circus Sports had him as a 39 point favorite. Georgia. Uh, at home. And then I think the numbers are about 38, 38 and a half around there. Look, Georgia's going to cover that. And it could honestly happen before halftime. So, I mean, that's my thoughts. Juan, what do you think about it? It's it's going to be a massacre. Um, you know, th- th- this is going to be an opportunity. You know, I, I, th- this needs to be a glorified practice for that interior line. Um, really, you know, we there, there are some things that we just need to get fixed. Um, some things that we need to shore up after that, after that Florida game that, you know, that we're going to need, you know, you know, coming down the stretch. Um, and then just, 
you know, the, the things that I like, you know, even, even though we're like, we're looking at, you know, further down the road against Alabama, think about it. We've played against Jefferson. We've played against Bo Nix. You know, we've played against Emory and, 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 uh, and, and Richardson, you know, we'll have the, the, the Tennessee quarterback. I think that we're going to do a great job of containing him. All of these things are going to be practice runs for, for Bryce Young you know, when, when, when we see him. So these are some, just some opportunities to get some glorified practices, get some people healthy, get some other guys some playing time so that we are hitting on all cylinders, you know, when, when it, when it's time to, to, to go to that SEC championship, we're already locked in. I mean, it, there, there's nothing else to, you know, for us to do, but to improve and get better. I, you know what though, I'm going to take a moment real fast. Cause I, I think we can all take and we're going to, we're going to bask in this, right? You see, you see my polo. We're about to do this. We're about to do this, boys. 1995 was the last World Series that the Atlanta Braves won. And now we can say we are the 2021 world champions. Juan, I know you were excited about it. Caleb, I know you were as well. I was too. Stayed up late. I don't give a damn. It was worth every ounce of fatigue that it came with it. All right. But I want to take that moment right here. Obviously, you know, I'm so happy. Obviously, Patrick says, chop the fuck on. I am all for that as well, Patrick. But with that being said, we also saw what Kirby mentioned on Twitter and invited the Braves to Sanford Stadium. And for me, I think that is that he just gets it. That is a perfect thing to do because you take a noon kickoff and George has been been blasted with several noon kickoff games this year, which is crazy. But there's more to it, I think. And you're looking at the grand scheme of college football. It's starting to make sense, uh, which we can talk about that tomorrow. With that being said, though, obviously a noon kickoff, Missouri team that is absolute garbage. Bringing the Braves, inviting them in to Sanford Stadium, you're asking, without asking, the dog fans to get ridiculous. Because you bring that in, look, everybody knows. Nobody gives a damn about Georgia Tech. The only thing Atlanta related that dog fans like is the Braves. Maybe the Falcons, but definitely the damn Braves. Bringing the Braves fresh off a World Series championship. Hell, they might as well, they might down, they might, uh, the parade Friday, come straight from the parade down to Athens. It'll be a party nonstop all weekend, right? Look, that tells me dog fans going to be liquored up. Doesn't matter if it's a noon kickoff or not, they're going to be loud. I'm just saying that's a way to get the crowd involved. Especially, look, uh, talking to pa- uh, talking to Patrick offline. Look, just I'm telling you now, how insane would it be to have Freddie Freeman call out the dogs? Ooh. Think about that'd that. Be, that that that'd be that'd be crazy. Um, that that'd be awesome. I mean, of course, the city is just on a just an emotional high right now. Uh, you know, I, I'll be down at the parade uh, uh, tomorrow um, for sure. Um, you know, I, I want to be a part of, you know, everything that's going on, but if you announce the Braves at Sanford stadium, be prepared to have one of those, like that, those Richter scale moments. Cause it's going to be absolutely insane. And the electricity that's just going to go through there is just going to be, it's going to be crazy. And, and, and I can guarantee you just as hard as, as us as Bulldog fans and the Georgia Bulldogs were, were cheering on the Braves they're going to do the same exact thing for us and, and, and look for them as, as we go and, and go on this national championship march. Look for them to be very instrumental in getting, getting the city rallied up, you know, to, to, to go after this thing. Look, Patrick said it best right here in the, in the brigade, man. Let Blooper, if you don't know Blooper, that's the Braves mascot, run one of the big G flags out. 
I'm telling you right now, lead him, let him run out as a lead right there. Look, that place is going to be fucking rocking. That's yeah. all I'm going to say. If I saw that, I may black out. I'm serious. I'm not even. I'm not even joking. And then you know what? And 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 I, and I think it'll be the start of something great. And then we can look at this this time next year as as an anniversary of hey. You know, the Braves, they went out there and they won it, they won it again. George is on the same path, and it could just become this awesome tradition, man. It, it, would, be, it would be something special. Oh, no, no doubt. Caleb, what, what would you think if you saw, you know, things like Blooper running the G out or, you know, obviously taking pictures with Ugga, right, things like this? There's so many different opportunities to <laughs> intertwine the Braves and the dogs. You know, obviously think about game day environments and stuff like that. Look, I'm telling you right now. That place would be absolutely lit. What do you think, Caleb? Yeah, Patrick actually stole it right out of my mouth. I was about to bring up how fun it would be to see Blooper and Harry Dog just having a blast out there, man. And um, I think you're going to see a lot of – I'm going to do it myself. You're going to see a lot of intertwined Georgia and Atlanta stuff. Um, I, I I was hoping to have it on right now. I got a Georgia – I'm in a, uh Atlanta World Series hat on the way. And um, I'm going to go ahead and tell you something else, boys. That ain't the last title coming to Georgia this year, man. I don't think so. I, I honestly, and, and in 2017, you, you can you can get the 2017, 2021 comparisons, but I wasn't sure in 2017. I'm almost positive Georgia is going to win the national championship. I'm going to say it right here on the DGD podcast, man. And um, as far as I see these Alabama fans in your in your brigade right now, we're going to send them back to watching NASCAR, boys. Go dog. <laughs> Go look, dog. I, look, I, look, I'm all for a Talladega race, all right? So, first well, I mean, I hey, that's what it is. But you know it's an ongoing uh, joke in my uh, in my oh, stream that oh, yeah. before Alabama was good in, what, 20, 2008, they were all NASCAR fans. It's, it's, a proven, it's a proven point, though. Go look at the NASCAR ratings back in 2007 and then look at the football ratings. They're very similar. That's just the food for thought, man. So I'm, I'm seeing Jay's comment here. Uh, hell yeah. F-T-M-F-E-R-S. We know what that means. And I'm going to transition with that being the perfect transition here. If you don't know what that means, I'm not going to speak it out because, well, we ha- we may have uh, underage uh, listeners and watchers. But we know where that came from, and it was after the Florida game. And with that being said, I want to show you we have a video. Obviously, I think it's viral now <laughs> around the world of college football. We're going to play this for you, and we're about to just rip into – and we're about to rip into Dopey Dan from the Gainesville clan. So after after this video, we're about to have fun. Caleb Juan, come in hot after this video. Uh, Coach, the topic of recruiting has come up a lot in the last couple of days from a few angles. Uh, is there a different approach needed for uh, the level no. of consistency? Well, we're, we're in the season right now. We'll do recruiting after the season. When it gets this recruiting time, we can talk about recruiting. Sounds good. Okay. Uh, good Next question. Oh, this my is why, This is why Florida is where they are right now. That right let me, there. Look, let me tell ahead. y'all. Let me I'll tell you y'all. I'll let you know. This, this, is, this is where I got to talk. So last year. I, I heard it everywhere. I heard it everywhere. Oh, Florida's closing the gap between them and Georgia. I heard it 50 million times. And I told Florida fans last year, if y'all are going to beat us, that better be the year. Obviously, they beat us. There's no there's no closing in the gap. We've Like they said, we've lapped them. 
I'm pissed off about it because I hate Florida and I hate hearing that BS. There's no, there's no close race. We're number one in the East and there's no second place. I don't care. They're all JV teams in my opinion, including Florida, including Dopey Dan, Bozo the Clown, whatever you want to call him. That that statement mind boggled me when I heard it. My jaw dropped. I was like, "Did he really just say that?" I mean, Kirby's getting on choppers on Friday and getting back to the stadium Saturday morning. Like, Florida, Florida's program's a joke. Their recruiting's a joke. Dan Mullen's a joke. Their quarterback situation is a joke. And uh, I ain't gonna say it, but what 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 is FTMFERS? Y'all know the deal. I, I I don't like Florida, and I think that's funny. <laughs> I mean, brigade, feel free to type it out in full text. I don't care. Um, you know, but I, I want to go on from there, right? You look at – so the bad part is I think the timing of this, right, the timing of this is what makes this that much worse because leading up to the cocktail party, you have your top two recruits, top two commits, decommit in each one each week. Both leaning possibly to Georgia. For sure, I think Julian Humphrey is, in my opinion, I feel like he's going to be a dog. Shamar James is Bama, Bama, Georgia right now. But that right there tells you everything you need to know. You know, obviously, you lead to that right there. Georgia kicks your ass on the field. There's no – look, they beat the shit out of Florida, right? I don't care what anybody says. From the second quarter on was pure domination. Right, offensively, offensive struggles aside, defensive never defense never gave them a chance to do anything. And then after the postgame conference, Kirby Smart talks about recruiting. He literally his words, 50% recruiting, 25% evaluation, 25% coaching. And then Monday, you go and throw that shit out there at a press conference. It, it's too easy to sit here and see exactly why Georgia is number one in the country, every poll. They're number one in recruiting right now. Now, Bama, albeit number one in the country on the field. And Florida is four and four. They lost two They lost two commitments, and they're barely top 25 in the recruiting. I think they're ninth in the SEC when it comes to recruiting rankings. They're uh, 35th in recruiting. In they're 35th now. Yeah. That if you're a Florida Gator fan, first off, I don't care. I don't have pity for you. They're starting to understand that Mullen is not the answer. And to me, that's that is that is more telling than anything you can hear Dan Mullen say. Because if they get rid of Dan Mullen and they get somebody in that's that is a tenacious recruiter, Florida has the potential to become what the, the Florida of old. You know, you look at you look at teams. Juan, you you saw this. You look at coaches with like Spurrier and Urban Meyer. We see the potential Florida has because you could literally take a pebble and throw it, or a boulder and throw it. It doesn't matter. Turn out your backyard and throw it, and you'll hit a five star, a four star. It does not. To me, being thirty, you said thirty fifth, Caleb. Being thirty yeah, fifth. With the first off, the program brand alone should keep you in the top 15. You are 35th in recruiting. That is fucking terrible and it's a pathetic excuse for a recruitment. Look, we we know Dan Mullen ain't a recruiter. 
right? We we know that. We don't like – but you do not go in a fucking press conference and say that right there because everybody, not Florida fans, not Georgia fans, everybody knows you're always recruiting. Kirby Smart says it all the time. Even D2, JUCO, they know that recruiting never stops. For you to say that, you made yourself the epitome of Bozo the Clown. Every reason to call this man a dumbass, clown, whatever you want to call him. Mondays, that was that was Monday. And now they don't even have any uh, press conferences for the team the rest of the week, which just further, in, you know, in, just makes everything crazy, right? Because you, you do that PR nightmare, add that on to the shit he did last year. Don't even get me started with that. He's a PR nightmare. It's, he's getting that he's getting that program closer to Mississippi State when he was there than he is anything close to second or Georgia where they are right now. The gap is just widening and it's and it's it's moving fast as hell too. I mean, if you're a recruit and you hear something like that, you know, what would then make you want to say, "Hey, I, I really want to be a Florida guy." You know, um, you know, no matter if they are getting recruit, I mean, if, if they commit, just for instance, like those guys that that commit, you're still gonna have guys that are just on them all day, all day all day thinking, hey, there's a possibility we're going to flip this guy. No different from how I, I would love more than anything to flip Travis Hunter. You know, but guess what? Kirby is on the sidelines at a at a Collins Hill game knowing that Travis Hunter is not playing, but he just wanted to get in front of him. And you know that they, he's been talking to him and he just made me, hey, hey, Travis, I'm not going to be allowed to talk to you on the field, but I'm going to be at your game. I'm going to be on the sidelines. So you know, like you said, recruiting never stops. But do you think that people are going to leave Travis Hunter alone? Do you think that they're going to leave all these all these recruits alone? Oscar Delt? You think that somebody's, you know, Oscar Delt committed to Georgia? You think somebody said, "Oh, well, let's just stop recruiting him"? Absolutely not. Same, but that's how we got Gunnar Stockton. Gunnar Stockton was committed to South Carolina, and guess what? Kirby still kept recruiting. So. For Dan Mullen, and you know, you've heard my gripes with Dan Mullen. He's a client. He is. He is. I see a big red nose and big red hair. You know, every every time that he talks, but he's the worst recruiter on the planet to have all of that talent in your backyard, and yet you are not going after it each and every day. That's just that's just ridiculous. At least Florida State and Miami are attempting. <laughs> like, look, the product on the field withstanding, right? Florida State with Norvell is actually doing a good job for what it's worth. Miami still working on it, right? They've gotten some big time commits. Where the fuck is Florida been? Hmm. You had Javon Dexter, which I think is literally the whole time that Dan Mullen's been there. I think that's the only five-star recruit that they've had, not from the transfer portal. Now they've done, he's done better in the portal getting DeMarcus Bowman. No non-factor. I don't know where this kid went. <laughs> But, you know, you look at these guys right here, you always want to talk about development. Development isn't everything because you can develop these guys, but they're still going to get the shit pounded in by a bunch of five stars. Like Shane Beamer said, they've got 105 stars on the field, six, 340 pounds running faster than anybody on the call. Caleb, you want to finish it out? What do you want me to find? The magical scheme? Damn. <laughs> I love saying, that guy. I'm just saying. If you – Florida is always the expectations for Florida is always to be contending for not only the SEC championship, but the national championship. That's the fans' expectations. 
Dan Mullen is pushing them farther and farther away, and it all starts on the trail. Because like Juan said right there, Travis Hunter is tripled down on his commitment to Florida State. Crazily, you could think it's crazy. I think it's crazy. But nonetheless, commitment. That's commitment. Still goes in season. Travis, Hunter's, Travis, Travis Hunter comes to two Georgia games. Now, you can say what you want, but that means something. You can take the game in, whatever. I don't care. But it means something to have him at least there. Yeah, not one, but 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 two. Yeah, two. And then and then, <laughs> then after after the second one, you got Kirby on the sidelines. Man, I'm 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 gonna tell you what, I, that that's exciting for me. You know, hey. and, and 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 hey, Florida State should be they should be very very worried. Y'all know what's right around the Mary Flipmas. Watch out. Shit, it's been Georgia's all it doesn't. It, you know, it's like Georgia, like yes, uh, pancake, pancake season is always coming, man. I'm always ready for a flip. Now, yes, the thing sir. about it is this. Think about it this way. Juan, you mentioned you mentioned here earlier about him going and recruiting Travis Hunter. It's not even 2022 commits. 2023, he goes to uh, Newman High School in Louisiana on the sidelines, watches Arch Manning when he's on a national game. Obviously schemed that up, but that's recruiting. <laughs> That's recruiting. Look at what Nick Saban does. Goes on, goes on the Eli and Peyton thing, which I absolutely fucking love it. Goes on there and is talking about it. And basically, that's a recruiting pitch. Sitting there recruiting on the fucking show. That's a smart thing to do. The best teams are always recruiting. Always. Yeah. And, look, and, even, and there's nothing like Miss painted. You know, look, sorry, I wanted to cut you off. Obviously, they honored Eli, right, at, uh, in Oxford. Now, to be fair, it was honoring Eli. But I'm telling you right now, a recruiting pitch, the end zones, what did they say? Manning, both end zones, Manning. You ain't telling me that has something to do with them uh, arch. Right, right. But but there's something about seeing a coach either on the sidelines or, or coming to – you know, I, I remember having – in high school having lunch with Joe Paterno. You know, I remember Coach Golf being on the sidelines, walking up and down the sidelines, you know, as I'm, as I'm playing a game. You know, Pat Dye, all, all of these things. And you're looking like, man, this is this is real. Like these guys really, truly, truly want me. I haven't heard a situation where Dan Mullen has gone to a game and sat on the sidelines or, or, or done anything. Why? Because he's going to wait until the recruiting part gets to the recruiting part. Dude, it's too late. It, it is it, it is it is much too late after that. Much too and, late. And look at it this way. Look at it this way. I'm looking into the brigade, and I'm seeing that Tennille makes the perfect comment. She loves that players and commits recruit for Georgia. Look, Dan Mullen, we know you don't like recruiting, but that doesn't mean your fucking assistants don't like it either. Don't say that. <laughs> the fact that you said that basically takes all credibility and validity out of anything that Florida says because that told me, and I'm sure it told everybody else, and especially recruits, we don't care about you until we're ready to come deal with you. You're not on that level. You're No one is. No one is. You're not guaranteed five-star recruits every year. You have to work for it. Why do you think Kirby's always working for it? Always working for a flip. Same thing with Nick Saban, Dabo Swinney, True. Ryan Day, the great coaches, even not even the greatest coaches, Every coach is always working. You see kids, elite kids, 
have crazy offers from Duke or Vanderbilt or whatever, that at least shows the effort. That look, I don't expect if look, I'll give. I'm sorry, Vanderbilt, but we beat your ass once, and I'm about to brag on you again. <laughs> Ain't no elite kid going to Vanderbilt, but that doesn't mean they're not going to stop trying to get him to come and show him what they have to offer. They might they might know they're out of the race to begin with, but damn it, they're going to give it their best and sit there and get him there. Try to. Yeah, you're right. I, I I tell you what though, with um, you know, if I were a Vanderbilt or or, or you know college like that, I'd just basically wait to see what happens at, at, at Georgia because Georgia's got a lot of offers out there, you know. And unfortunately, you know, with everything that's happening with these flips and all that, not everybody's going to be able to get a scholarship to Georgia, you know. So somebody's going to be left out. And if I were out, if I were Vanderbilt, I'd just be there to clean up whatever, <laughs> you know, whatever doesn't happen. Um, but uh, uh, Florida's not going to do that, you know, and, and, and they're just not, but, but I'm not mad about it. I don't care. You know, uh, you know, to, I'm if, if I'm being honest, yeah, I, I'm, I am, I am okay with that. Um, I, I'm, you know, the things that I am thankful for is that they don't have an urban Meyer because urban Meyer did a great job of recruiting. He did a great job of recruiting up at Ohio state. You know, he's a great recruiter. He took pride in it. And then you get somebody that's on the opposite end, like a, like a Dan Mullen, you know, he he's 35. You're 35th, like you're you're the University of Florida in the SEC, and you're 35th in the nation. That's horrible. Dude, Ole Miss nine, and Mississippi State are right the there on their heels. Think about that conference. You're you're terrible. That's terrible. That is no look. That is nowhere close to what Florida deserves. And what I mean by that is their expectations. Yeah. Like I said, the brand alone should get you in the top 25th easily. Do I think they finish top 25? Sure. But your words that you just spoke, Mullen, Monday, every single kid is going to hear the anti-recruiting pitch against the University of Florida by whoever they're getting recruited by. If, if, if I'm a head coach of a program and I'm trying to go after a kid that Florida's looking at, tell me why I would be crazy not to say, did you just see what that dumbass just said? He doesn't care. He thinks you he thinks you can come in. He thinks he can come in and just say, come to the University of Florida. We're great. No, no. Every university is going to be great in their own manner and the right ways. Show me why I why I, you know relationships, right? Juan, you were recruited out of high school. You were a high assaulted recruit. You know this as much as anybody else. Relationships matter. That tells me he doesn't care about yeah. your fucking the relationship with you and him doesn't matter to him but he, but it's it, it's 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 bigger than that it, it it's bigger than that if, if if i'm a highly touted recruit and i know caleb is a highly touted recruit guess what i'm gonna i'm gonna want caleb on my team and, and that's just that so if i'm a if i'm a florida commit and he's not doing anything to get caleb you know he, he's not surrounding me with caleb instead i you know i get somebody that's a you know, that that's just not even that good. But, you know, hey, you know, uh, we, we've kind of just run out of things or whatever. We'll just we'll just bring you on. What does that say about the program? What does that say about what you're trying to build? You know, it, it, it just doesn't it doesn't do anything at all. So guess what? People are going to jump ship because they want to be surrounded by other, you know, five, four, three stars. They want to be surrounded by that. So, you know, to, just to have that recruiting class. 
So if you look at it, you know, this recruiting class that Georgia has right now that is going to go to, to, to have uh, to, to go for a national championship. Could you imagine being a part of that? Could you imagine being a part of, you know, you're looking around at us and, and, and by the time we're sophomores, juniors and seniors, we've got two, three national championships. They'll say that's the greatest class on the on the planet. That's just that. Who doesn't want to be a part of that? I mean, I, I'm with Patrick. If if they got free bubblegum, count me in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I'll tell you this right here, though. Caleb, I'll let you speak on this, but I, I do want to say this right here. It, Juan, you mentioned the state of the program. When you're sitting here, you're as a, as a as a University of Florida, and you're flipping guys from Florida Atlantic, like the other small small Florida universities. And you're not flipping kids from Clemson, Florida State, you know teams that are not doing well on the uh, on the on the field this year. You're not going in and you're trying to flip those kids. Clemson would be a prime example to try to flip because we see what's going on in the field. Why not sit there and try to use something at least to try to get you a um, you know recruiting against them? No, you're sticking around with three stars, trying to flip three stars. Georgia Georgia is about to. I, I'm telling you right now, Julian Humphrey is going to be a dog, in my opinion. That's that's a high four star. You also look at Jaheim Singletary, that was an Ohio State commit, decommits, more than likely going to be a dog. That's a five star. You sit there, uh, you know, obviously looking at another aspect of recruiting, re, uh, retainment. Bear Alexander decommits, he recommits to the dogs. That's a five star, depending on how you look at it. The gap is just widening and uh, widening. And Dan Mullen, the longer you sit there as the head coach of the Florida Gators, Gator fans, understand this. You're getting set back years. Each year that he's there, you're getting set back at least twice, if not three times more for each year because recruiting lasts for three to four years. So based off of that right there, just one year alone is three years, potentially. Now, the transfer portal kind of we're, we're not being super analytical. I'm being short, sweet, and to the damn point. That's all I'm saying. But Florida, you got a fucking problem on your hands and you need to do something about it because yeah. all the recruits know the recruits know that's why. Why do you think the top two left ship? You got to think about this, too. We're talking about the uh, talent levels. Florida had not lost a Kentucky in 38 years. They've lost twice out of four attempts with Dan Mullen. 50 percent. You got a problem, Florida. I just wanted to make that point real quick because hats off to Kentucky and hats on for Florida. They're trash, man. <laughs> well, think about this, guys. And it's not even – this ain't even recruiting. This is on-field production because recruiting reflects that. What Do you remember the statistic that you're hearing in the last several games? They have only won twice against Power 5 conference uh, – Power 5 teams. They're like 2-7, and seven, I think it was, or some shit like that. That's fucking pathetic. You're Florida. You sh that should not. It should be flipped. That's that's like Vanderbilt ish, or you know, or, or or somebody where you you know they they'll win against a Duke or something like that. You know that. So you're all, they're almost in that 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 same category. <laughs> that's 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 terrible. Look, I, I'm not trying to. I, everything culminates together to form obviously the end result. But let's be honest here. You're looking at teams that, in my opinion, should not be where they are right now. Mississippi State's only lost three games, and they're ranked 17. 
Mississippi State last like they're not that good. Now they're good, but I, I look Will Rogers is balling like hell right now. But what I mean by that is teams that you Arkansas is another example. Just two years ago, both of these teams were in the damn dumpster in the West, and now they're ranked. They're ranked. Florida, you haven't. What is going on? And I'm just telling you, it all starts with your damn head coach. It all starts with your head coach. Uh, Patrick Oliver says he saw a dumpster on fire on Halloween. He thought it was a gator costume. Just saying. Just I don't even know if they're a dumpster fire. They're more like dumpster juice at this point. Oh, yeah. That's, oh, that's even it's worse. Bad. Dude, it's, it's bad, man. I love it. I love it. I, I can't Look, stand gators. I, I love it. I'm a damn gator hater, so I'm I'm sitting back just sipping my damn my tea like Kermit the Frog. I love the it. funny thing yeah. is the two and seven, one of those wins was against Vanderbilt. So does that even count? <laughs> nah, bro, that's one and eight basically. Well, no, nah, it's, it's a loss. Uh, no, nah, they they did beat the shit out of them. So I mean, yeah, they what them, do you but... what do you do? What do you do? Yeah, but look, we don't. I don't even. I can't even say Vanderbilt's a damn power five. I really can't in football. If that, no. Mm-mm. <laughs> but no, that that statistic is just telling, right? Two and seven against Power Five. You know, obviously there's just so much going on. You know, the, the recruiting comments. Look, and even going back to last year, right? The the discipline issues that they had are still more as ever present, and that's a sign of terrible coaching, because coaches should hold their kids accountable and not let shit like that happen. Because if you go back to last year. Obviously, Mullins leads that damn fight, got a couple guys suspended or whatever, right? And kind of incited it, really, and, and try to get his, trying to get your crowd hyped up over that. Like, to me, that, that's something that a, a normal coach, in my opinion, would, would try to push back and say, look, that's irresponsible. You know, that, you know, that's not the Florida standard. No, my man's sitting over to the crowd, sitting there, let's go. Like, that, you're fucking dumb for doing that. But then you sit there and you go as Darth Mullen, go, Darth Mullen, Makes no damn sense. Just because it's Halloween doesn't mean you sit there and look like a damn clown. You should have dressed up as Bozo, not Darth Mullen. Just yeah. saying. And then, and and really, to me, last year the nail in the coffin was the comments after the Ohio, uh, the Oklahoma game, gets throttled by Oklahoma. Our last game was to, uh, a month ago. What? What? And you want to go play for this guy? That's, yeah. and that's, it's and it's transferring over this year. Yeah. It's transferring over this year. You see, Florida got Brenton Cox, former Georgia Bulldog, transfers down there. Legitimately gave up in the middle of a fucking play. Had Stetson dead to right. Stetson runs back and around and gives up on the fucking play. Why he's not a dog anymore? That right there. Good point. Good point. They're undisciplined. They don't play hard. No wonder you're four and four. No wonder. Yes, <laughs> LSU, sir. It's just, it, I love it. We all love it. Right? Us three, we all love it. The brigade, I'm sure, if unless you're a Gator fan, you love it because I love to see Florida struggle. I don't think there's a good team in Florida right now. The entire state. IMG might be the best Florida football team. There is right now. That's fair. You ain't, you ain't telling me Jacksonville Jaguars ain't even that good. All right? <laughs> IMG that's, is the best team in Florida right now. And that's, that's telling. Fair. That's yes, telling. I'm going to steal that line. Yeah. There you go. There yes, you go. sir. 
right, guys. Look, we're going to wrap it up for today. Stick around for the Q&A, though. Uh, with that being said, we're going to wrap it up. Caleb, thanks for coming on, my man. Where can people find you? Since we got several channels right now, where can people find you, man? Just look me up on Facebook Gaming, KTG13TV. I do um, – I play the NCAA, old NCAA 14 game. We talk a lot of college football, mostly Georgia, but, I mean, everybody's invited. And just come in, chill with me, give your two cents about college football, and we'll dang sure talk about it, man. It's a good time over there, and we're 3.5 thousand followers deep. So come join the crew and have a good time with us. That's what's up. There we go. As always, Juan, it was a pleasure having you on. Looking forward to tomorrow. Remember, guys, yes, 12 noon Eastern, special Veterans Day episode. We're going to have several different guests. We're going to a military story time. I can't wait for this. I can't wait for this. And we're also going to talk college football. Uh, we're going to talk NCAA, not just Georgia, but NCAA-wide uh, here. So stay, yes, stick around and tune in tomorrow. Can't wait for that. On that note, though, guys, go dogs. Have a great day. We'll catch go dogs. It's been real, Caleb. Go Thank you, man. Go dogs. This is the DGD podcast. Go dogs. <laughs>